20 years ago, everything started as normal. People woke up, ate their breakfast, went to work, talked about dinner plans, urged their kids to behave, said goodbye, told them they loved them, see them later. But soon everything changed. Tragedy stuck. We watched as a plane collided with the second tower, in shock as well as in disbelief. We watched as we realized this wasn't an accident. In horror, we saw the towers fall. We prayed for those working in the rubble, trying to find any sign of hope in life. For those battling the fires around town, for those personally impacted by the tragedy of that day, life would never be the same. For the rest of America, life became different. We went to war as a country. We grieved and remembered all those who died that day. But above all else, we were united. Democrat, Republican, Independent, Gay, Straight, Man, Woman, Child. Didn't matter in those days. We were one group. We were Americans. We came together as a country. Other countries played the national anthem in solidarity to what happened. We talked to our neighbors and mourned together. But that unity faded. We are no longer united. We are divided over every little thing. The color of skin, who we support politically, who we love. Everything has become a reason to become divided. Hopefully it doesn't take another tragedy like 9-11 to unite us. But it's fearful that it will be. Let's, as Americans, put aside that difference, agree to disagree, and come together once again, united. Welcome to a slightly different type of episode for user words. Um, <laughs> sitting here with uh, Mr. Aaron Johnson... Um, after we, both of us actually just start, uh, well, I pulled up some videos and made Mr. Johnson watch them of, uh, nine, nine, 11, 20 years ago. Obviously this isn't releasing on the 20th anniversary. That was uh Saturday. So just a few days ago, but just the way things, uh, happened to be recording wise, couldn't get anything like that together, but, uh, wanted to at least talk about it. Cause it, it is 20 years ago and it's interesting because me and Aaron are from different generations on this one. And there's not much that could, I guess you could say, be a common ground for both of us. Because, okay, you were in kindergarten. Kindergarten. In 2001. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Makes me sound like a creeper, by the way. Because you, you were in kindergarten. I was in my first year of college. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. You know, I had just graduated um, from high school, you know, the May, June before. I was in my first year of college. I was in Orange City, Iowa. Orange City, Iowa. Yep. Out in the middle of cornfields where, <laughs> as far as the eye could see, where everything was closed on Sunday except one gas station in town. Wow. Dang. Everything else was gone, like just shut down. Obviously, they still had the cafeteria, you know, for the students. 
Oh, okay. It's for, okay. But everything else, like in town, was just shut down. You know, nothing happening that day. You know, very, um, very conservative area. Very much followed those. You know, Sunday is for church and rest, and everything <laughs> is going to close down uh, today. Sort of right. laws, and that's just how it goes. You know, especially when you're in the middle of podunk nowhere, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> So, not, you know, not that I have anything to say against Iowa. I enjoyed my time there. Um, but w- I had just gone to uh, chapel that day. And they didn't start on time. It was weird. It was, it was just really weird. Like, they didn't start on time. Everyone's just kind of sitting there like, what's going on? Now, remember, this is before the advent of everyone having cell phones early. At most. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. At most, we would have had flip phones. That, yeah, all of that you could do on a flip phone. Right. You could do a ton. Because remember, when did the iPhone come out? Uh, the first one. The first one? Yes. Wasn't that like mid-2000s to later 2000s? 2007. Two, okay. This was yeah. six years prior to that. That first iPhone. Gosh, I'm sure if we looked at the first iPhone now, I'd been like, what is this thing? Yeah. It didn't even have an app store available for it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They designed it for web apps only, but tracking off the point. You know, so there wasn't a lot of, like, ability for people to, you know, browse the web on their phone and find out all this information. In fact, our university was kind of unique because we had Wi-Fi in the dorms. Like, that was a selling point for the (laughs) university. (laughs) Wow. So, you know, it was, it was, it was great, you know, and I was like, oh, beautiful. Um, cool. But like I said, that was a selling point. That wasn't a, a thing that was kind of universal at the time. And I didn't like, at that point I didn't have a laptop. I only had a desktop. So I can only use a computer when I was in my room. I didn't have all the access to internet that, you know, that you grew up on, so to speak. Gosh. (laughs) So, anyways. Well, say at this time, I didn't even have a phone. Yeah, um, I know, well, I know. <laughs> so, anyways, so we're in chapel, kind of going, it, it's starting late. So, everyone's just kind of like, what's going on? What's going on? And then, finally, someone comes in and says, if you haven't heard, there's been an attack in New York. And they they just said, we don't know what's going on. But it seems like it's a big deal. We're canceling classes for the rest of the day. Oh. You know, go back to your room, read the news, whatever. Yeah. And, and that was it. They dismissed us. Like, it, was, it wasn't a, there was no other comment of like, you know, hey, we're going to spend time to pray about what's going on. Because at that point in time, it, there wasn't much known other than two towers had been hit. Yeah. There wasn't, you know, much known about that. Come to find out later that day, the Pentagon also got hit. And then there was a flight that went down in Pennsylvania, Flight 93. And that one was either headed for the Capitol building or the White House. They're not 100% sure, but they, they think it was one of those two targets that that flight was headed to. And... Anyone like my age or maybe a little bit younger even still, you know, probably that was like 12 or 13 on upward in 2001. 
So still six years away for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyone in that age range or older can remember pretty much where they were when they found out that the towers had been struck. And most people remember where they were when, or were watching TV, you know, like in a common room or whatever. Yeah. When they saw the towers collapse. Cause you gotta remember this. Um, and, and this is more for you, Aaron, and maybe anyone who's younger. When the first tower was hit, they thought it might've been just an accident. Yeah. They didn't think that this was a, an intentionally done thing. There, there was, there were one of the documentaries I was listening to, um, real truth history. They were saying that people, you know, people initially thought it could have been like some landing gear from a plane or a small private plane that hit. No one had any clue that it, at first, outside of like the flight center, the military didn't even know at this point that it was a 747. How is... The military wasn't told until like four or five minutes later that the tower had been hit by the 747. Okay. And I'll say this. If you haven't yet, uh, go to YouTube, look up Real Truth History Documentaries. Um, that's the channel name. And look up 9-11 Voices from the Air. Uh, they have interspersed throughout the entire documentary actual recordings of either people from the planes to loved ones or of like the flight controllers, you know, trying to contact the planes as well as like the FAA trying to talk to the military, trying to say, hey, please get some jets up there. We don't know what's going on. We know some hijackings potentially going on. Yeah. And... And it's interesting watching, and the documentary kind of brings up, um, at that time, the bureaucracy between the departments, as well as the lack of a common language between the departments, how that helped facilitate, w facilitate what happened on 9-11. How as 9-11 happened, our responses were lagging behind because no one knew how to talk to one another. Now, thankfully, a lot of that's been changed and fixed since then you know people kind of went back and said okay what happened in 11 how could we respond better you know obviously we have the tsa now because of 9 11 as well you know so that whole thing you know that's why you can't bring on so many ounces of liquids and you, right. you know yeah we have just... the we have the ever long consequences of it you know it's why we went to war in the middle east that we just pulled out of um from afghanistan that after 20 years yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, Oof. in good or bad, on on, on yeah. your view of it, you know, the, these are the consequences that happened because of this. Mm. And that's why most. It's a very important piece of history. You know, it was one of the few times I think. Uh, so the Queen over in Britain, after nine eleven, she had at the changing of the guard. But she had their band play the American national anthem. Oh wow! After nine wow. eleven, you know, yeah. it, you know, kind of that world solidarity, like, hey, we're we can't do anything for you right now, but yeah, we, we understand, we mourn, right? You know, that's wow. I didn't know that happened. You know, it's one of the few times, as I explained in the documentary, where the FAA grounded all planes. And there's multiple stories you could read about that, or like. There was a town up in Canada, a really small town that happened to have an airport, you know, and 
all the flights to and from the U.S. got grounded. So all of a sudden this little town that wasn't really designed for anyone except for like their few residents yeah. all of a sudden has this influx of people who are stuck there until the flights can be allowed to go again. Giant plane come in. And Potentially, were, maybe. I guess I don't know what it, size I don't know the size of the plane, but it, they had more people than they normally would yeah. have to care for. Yeah. And how, you know, you read the stories about how those towns kind of opened up and took in those people, made sure that they were at least somewhat comfortable. You know, they weren't suffering, essentially. Yeah. You, you were reading these stories. You were reading uh, things from people who worked in the blood centers at the time who said they actually had to discard so much blood because they were getting more blood that they than they could use. You know, because everyone was like, well, what can I do to help? Oh, I can donate blood. Yeah. And they were going to donate so, blood and they were doing so this. They, doing they were like, what can we do to help out in New York? Yeah. What can we do to help? Because not everyone could be on the ground there. Not everyone was a firefighter or trained in how to do things. No. You know, one of the stories I was listening to uh, today, it was from, um, he is a retired firefighter now. He was in training to be a firefighter at the time. Oh, uh, okay. he, he was only on the job like six months or whatever. He was an ex, uh, cop. Like he, he, he was a cop and all of a sudden was like, oh no, I want to be a firefighter. How you make that transition? Hey, whatever. Cool. But he's talking about how like, you know, it's near the end of the day on the first day, you know, on 9-11 itself. They're tired. Like they're, I forget what the terminology is, but they're trying to get like, they're taking a, a break essentially because they had so much gunk in their eyes and of soot oh, and all this. The, yep. Okay. Like they were on the ground still. Yeah. Like he's like, we we're trying to breathe because our lungs were filled with smoke, I, trying to see because eyes full of soot and all that other yeah. stuff. And he's talking about that. He's like how they're all tired there. And he's like, all of a sudden he felt a hand on his shoulder and then another hand, another hand. And people are just walking past, putting their hand on him. What it was, was the iron workers and the, and all the construction people from around town, they're like, we're not trained firefighters, but we know how to cut through steel. We right. know how to put out fires. Yeah. And they bust Coming themselves in. in and came to help relieve some of the firefighters. Oh. It didn't matter that it wasn't their job. Right. It didn't matter that they were not responsible. It didn't matter that they were home safe, you know. Yeah. They said, there's something that needs to be done. We need to do it. And they did it. That's awesome. Nowadays, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Like that's not a thing anymore. It's, let's see, does this person over here fit the right qualifications for me to be able to. <laughs> do I, do I, do I care for this person or no? <laughs> do they have the right politics? Do they support yeah. the right things? Do they eat the right foods? Do they vote for the right people? Do they support the right agendas? <sighs> In a weird sense, 9-11 brought us together as a country. Uh, it brought right. us together more than it ever had. For a while there, it seemed like we were all saying we're in this together. And there was that word, together, united. And I fear, though, that as the years have gone by, we've let some of that go away. 
Yeah. And well, I guess that's the thing. I'd, I mean, obviously there's, uh, there's still going to be those people that are very much still the same or would still be in the way of helping out no matter what, but, I mean, it's probably a lot that aren't. Who I, then, But that's assuming that, I don't know, people wouldn't help out in a form of tragedy, I guess. If it actually, I, well, if I, it I think, happens. I think tragedy, yes, but like everyday, like sort of right. incident. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose. And I'm sure a lot, yeah, yeah, from 9 11, like a lot of that afterwards is just like, oh, just help your neighbor out. Yeah. But at, at that point, didn't matter who you were, didn't matter what your religious beliefs were. Now, to be fair, there was some, I guess you could say, um, over overlash over backlash a little bit you know because after, after it came out that it was um the, of the nationality of the terrorist let's put it that way okay yes yeah I, I will say there were a lot of people and this even happened up here in our area oh yeah um well do you remember the sikh temple shooting no, that okay. I don't remember. I don't think it was the same year as 9-11. It might have been a little bit after. It was a little bit after. Okay. Okay. Where people didn't realize what the difference between a Sikh was, that that religion, okay. and the the religion of the terrorists. They equated them the same. The same. Now here's, you know, and, and some of that is... I'm going to say this straight up. Some of that is some of the ignorance of people. And then when people get riled up, you know, they lose all ability to rationalize and to think properly. And they see everyone as other than them as the same, which is, is horrible. Right. Cause here's the, here's the thing. Do you know what the Sikh religion is? Do I know? Yeah. No. Uh, do you know if, is it the same or is it different? Than what the terrorists were. I'm, I'm imagining it's different. Good job. <laughs> Otherwise, you, I wouldn't imagine it really being able to. Well, eh, I guess I shouldn't say that. I was going to say have a facility where they would meet, but yeah. Anywho. Yeah. So but it's different. Yes, it is different. Completely different. Not even related. Um, in fact, you know what? Guess what Sikhs wear? They wear a turban. Yeah. See, okay, and I, I, growing up, I, gosh, um, I guess, well, yeah, I, it wouldn't have been, it, it would have been maybe a couple, maybe a couple years after 9-11 then, but like being a little kid, I'd be walking around the neighborhood, and we did have someone in the neighborhood who I noticed he'd be out walking every once in a while with a turban on, and he did look Middle Eastern, and I remember at first, I was like, I was always just a little skittish. I was like, oh, like I kind of like as a kid, I got nervous at first about it, but then obviously, thankfully for me, having the loving parents that I do, they're like, 
it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Not every, you know, every person out there that happens to be Middle Eastern, well, especially during that time, well, is a bad person. As a, do you know where the Sikh religion comes from? What country no, that's? I have no that idea. That originated in India. Oh, okay. So a lot of the Sikh, yeah. uh, and I may be saying that completely wrong. <laughs> it's S-I-K. Correct us. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Yeah. Sikh. S-I-K-H. Anyways, it's a monotheistic religion. It's from India primarily, a lot, so a lot of Indian followers. So a little bit different than Afghanistan, Iraq-type right. area. Okay. Pakistan. Yeah, all that. Um, so, so unfortunately, we had people who were... And how old were you about that time, do you remember? For... When you saw the Sikh man walking around with the turban. Oh, I mean, it had to be... It had to be within two years. Okay. So, I mean, uh, yeah. so under 10 years old. Yeah. So oh, under 10, yeah. you're still growing. You're still learning. Okay. Yeah. That can be forgiven. You know, the, the Sikh temple shooting in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, when did that happen? That happened in, so it, it did happen a little bit after 9-11, obviously. Yeah. Because 9-11 was 2001. One. This was 12. Oh, it's 2012? Yes. Okay, maybe, oh, maybe I guess if I, I, I'm sure I heard about it then. I mean, I would have been in high school at that point. Yep. So then I, I'd imagine I would have heard about it. I just don't remember it. So the, the, the assumption and the thought was that he equated them with, you know, the same religion as a terrorist. Yeah. Now, whether we're going to know that 100% or not, uh, don't know because of the fact that he shot himself. Oh, as part oh of the, the, okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, this isn't that far away from here where this happened. It happened in Oak Creek. <clears throat> wow. So very close to where we're at right now. Yeah. So, you know, this has had impact on people and on communities ever since... 9-11, because obviously it has continued on. Right. You know, you do have, like I said, people who, for whatever reason, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to describe, um, what, what their motives were or than what we know about them. Right. But all as we know is, or at least the assumption is that he equated the Sikh with the terrorists because honestly he didn't know better right. and there's a he lot just, of people who don't know where like you said at, at yeah 10 yeah. where you were equating everyone from middle east as the just same like, like ooh, yeah well it's, and, and, and that's the thing that does yeah if you think about it rationally if you think about it oh. not even wow. everyone from america is the same in that regard oh yeah you no. know you drop an american off in france and it's like oh geez Drop a southern hillbilly with a northern elite off and you'll get two different responses completely because those are two different people. Even though they're from the same continent, they're both American, doesn't mean they respond the same. Just the same as someone from India versus Afghanistan versus Iraq versus everyone. It's all going to be different. So you can't say... That, oh, you're from that part of the world. I get it. I see. Yeah. That's yeah, not how no, it works. No, it's, 
we're all very different here. <laughs> and we need to remember, and we need to remember and learn that as Americans, you know, sometimes where we need to take some of that prejudice away. Now, I'm being completely honest on that because that's the only way we're going to get better. Now, I'm not saying you're going to, you have to be so to the extreme that some people take it where it has gone to these past few years where it's gone a little bit on the crazy side. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to go to such extremes as like, oh, I must bow down to you and say, I'm sorry because I'm, I'm a white person. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying going crazy. Uh, I, I'm saying there is beauty and there is greatness in understanding and celebrating the differences in our cultures, the differences in our ability on what, where we grew up on, you know, it'd be great to bring a guy from, you know, Louisiana up and be like, all right, make us some gator stew or something, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, it'd also be great. I love Indian food. There's some great Indian food. Now you're like, oh, you're belittling. Yes. I, I'm showing some basic examples. Okay. I'm not belittling. I'm showing some basic examples to appreciate culture. It means you have to appreciate all aspects of it. Now, that just because I am not someone who is a Sikh myself, that's not, right. that's not my religion or anything, that doesn't mean I can't appreciate, you know, some of the stuff that they do and some of that and some maybe see, even some of the tenets they have, which are actually pretty, I agree with. I just don't believe in the God that they say they believe in. So right. that's how we're different in those regards. But that doesn't mean we can't get along doesn't mean i'm going to go necessarily to a worship session right <laughs> i'm not going to do no. that you know but, but be like hey what do you do like okay quick example what uh, i do for work yeah when we're in the office when we're in the office every <laughs> every fifth of may cinco de mayo yeah. i bring in tamales that's my way <laughs> of bringing a little bit of mexican yeah. to all these white people in my office <laughs> working in the office <laughs> You know, it's like, here, let me give you a little bit of tamale. Um, watch out for pork bone and pork tooth while eating, but oh. otherwise enjoy. I have gotten the pig tooth yeah. in mine before. Oh, no. Ow. That hurts, by yeah. the way. Yeah, when you, yeah, when you don't expect it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I can screw you up. But I think that's what we need to do is we need to stop dividing ourselves so much on, oh, you're this religion, you're this, you're this sexuality, you you're are. this skin color, you voted for this person, you drink this, you eat this meat, you don't eat this meat. Those things are all secondary and ancillary to who we are as core. Yeah. As core, we are human beings first. We're Americans you know, well, Christians, you know, if you're Christian, you believe that right. that's second and then American third. But, you know, however you want to layer that. But yeah. at the core, we're all human. I don't care. Are you baby face bald or do you have a big old beard? I don't care if your skin is brown, white, black, whatever. Green. If, if you have some, if your skin is green, you might want to get you detoxified. Go to you might doctor. have a little too much copper in your diet. You know, we, we've lost that sense of unity since 9-11. We, we've become that uh, country that once again is divided over every little thing. And it, it's driving me nuts over that. See, uh, it's, it, I feel like it's, it's, uh, I, feel like I don't what? know how to say it. Cause it's, 
in one way, there's people that are getting unified in the country. But I guess I would say, yeah, there's more division than anything happening. How are we getting unified? I was, it's, it's like people obviously in their own little groups are unifying in like, I guess coming stronger together. But there's like so many different little groups now that are just like at each other. So we're segregating and becoming divisive. Yes. That doesn't sound like unified at all. Well, I was the little, like each little group is becoming really unified. But as a whole, there's just a lot more fighting, it seems like, going on. Yeah, that that definitely doesn't seem like unity. Not as a country, in any way. Not as a country, at least. So. I'm going to ask you this, Mr. Johnson, because you're growing up from a uh, younger generation in this regard. Yeah, it sucks. I, like I said, obviously, you were six when this happened. Yeah, I, was, was, I was... You were a youngin'. I was at my good old Racine Christian school Okay. At the time of so, that happened. So you were a youngin' when this all happened. Yeah. Did... Do you remember, like, did... Your parents tried to explain what was going on, or did your teachers try to explain, or do, what? What do you remember about that day, if anything? I'm per- See, this is funny because I remember talking about this with uh, a friend of mine that I uh, grew up with, because um, we would switch off going to each other's houses either like after school, and I'm pretty sure we went to my house after this. But because like I I always thought I remembered it like we were just outside our my our house whatever, playing games or something and then like we got pulled inside. But then I remember he was telling it he's probably right. But like we were at school, uh huh. Which now also thinking about the timing of it, I was like, yeah, we were at school. <laughs> um. But for kindergarten, I think we like went home at like noon or something. Like so, we we'd go home earlier, anyways. Yeah. But I think, I mean, we were out at school, whatever. I think I I think we just got sent home early after that happened. And then I mean I don't remember much explaining about what was going on other than bad people are attacking kind of thing. So and but yeah and as far as I I remember like seeing on the news. Of like the the planes hitting and stuff like just like footage being played over and over and over again. Oh, so your parents actually let you watch that footage when I, you were young? Yeah, okay. I do remember seeing that. But then, other than that, I mean, yeah, I just knew bad people were hurting us, kind of thing. Never got too far into details. But then, obviously, and then as the war and stuff broke out, I mean, you'd see all the 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 the. Uh, the terrorist group people would be like on the news or whatever. Or you'd see, and that's where the whole turban thing, I was like, oh. If I saw someone with that, I was like, oh no. Like, is this person a good person or a bad person? I don't know. But then, yeah, again, obviously it's just like, I guess I kind of learned that, that little lesson as a young kid, maybe-ish, just to know that not everybody's a bad person. <laughs> that looks the same as others if that makes any sense but okay I, yeah I don't remember a whole lot of it I just remember being a little kid and playing games okay and then as you went through middle school and high school because obviously 
at this point now, this was your history, but even though it was pretty recent history, did any of your classes touch at all on uh, on anything from about, 9-11? Wait, and during what years? Like your middle and high school years. Do you remember any classes? Even like if they really touching in on it, even just a little bit. Did any of them touch on it or or not? This is just me being curious because oh, yeah. I, I wonder how history classes, in that almost immediate sense, handled it. Right. Uh, I was for high school. Uh, I would say. Gosh, I mean, nothing really stood out. It's kind of like whenever it came time to 9-11, or if it was, like, near that, like, whatever the closest day to 9-11 was on a school day, uh-huh. like, I mean, it just seemed like the whole school would kind of do a whole thing of remembering it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, uh, as far as a history class specifically talking on it, Nothing that I can think of. The only, there's two, well, I guess I'd, I would say for, for high school, there was one teacher who used to be in the Navy. So he would touch on, talk a little bit more on it. And any other history teacher I had was just kind of like, yeah, this happened kind of thing, Dota, whatever. But him being in the military, he seemed to kind of talk about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. For high school, for being at RCS uh, when I was there, I feel like why was one of the uh, it would have been my friend's dad who was a teacher there. He was super like, kind of like, uh, very passionate about the whole thing. As as like you know, you see, if being younger kids, you know, we could be very judgy as to as far as who we would see coming around if we saw someone that looked more like that like from from if they were from middle east kind of thing we'd just be like eh, kind of thing and he would always make sure to smack that out of you kind of thing and he was so he would he would talk about stuff like that and whatnot and talk about uh, he talked a little bit about the whole 9-11 stuff but it was mainly just making sure that you didn't have that, I guess, prejudice or whatever kind of yep. thing towards others. So he was really big on that kind of stuff. And that was, I mean, the school in, in itself was big on that. But he, Mr. Oh, good old Mr. Brad, he was always super passionate about stuff like that. I liked him. I like him. He's still around. I still like him. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, they, they, I, I was just I curious. Feel like they never really went much into detail about stuff. They just remembered it. And yeah. Okay. I was just curious because, I feel you know, it should be a bigger thing. Well, maybe you would, you would think it, it, at least they would spend, um, you know, the 9 11 day <laughs> talking about it. Especially, oh, if it was, yeah. You know, especially, especially if you were like in a world, uh, not a, yeah, world history or U.S. history class, you know. Now, if you were in, like, you know, early American history, it makes sense that they obviously didn't cover it at, at that point, you know. Let's talk about George oh, Washington, right. and now let's talk about 9-11. Okay, I get that. <laughs> it's <Okay>. a big <laughs> jump. <laughs> that, that makes total 100% sense. But uh, that was just me because I, I was curious how that, how they handled that in that qu- quick aftermath, you right. know. I, because it wasn't that long ago after 
9-11 that you were in middle school and high school. And it's not like the it's textbooks not. were ever updated on time, you know, yeah. especially public. Well, maybe RCS has more recent books, but, but like um, public schools always have like older textbooks. I'm trying to think of how I felt, I thought, uh, no, oh, I could have swore, um, for one of my history classes got pretty current to what was ha- what had happened in the country at least yeah now to be fair surprising yeah and to be fair like uh you know uh, some of the stuff including a lot like uh, the calls and that Ugh. haven't been declassified until like six years ago had been declassified oh yeah so until like six years ago they were still all classified so there was some context that we as American people, like we never, like we obviously we know what happened with the towers and that, you yeah. know, and there's you a, you can't get past that. I wish Josh was here. Cause I would like to ask him point blank. Go. <laughs> Does he believe in the conspiracy of the towers? Oh my gosh. I, we, man, we started talking about that once at work and I, cause yeah, I, I I never knew that that was a thing. Yeah. Until I kind of like started working where it wasn't like conspiracy theories stuff came up. I never realized that there was people that were out there like, oh, Bush did it kind of thing. Like I had never known that. I was just like, what? Because like right in my, like right away just for me, I was like, why on earth would anybody do this? Like to their own like homeland kind of thing. Well, it, it's the wag the dog theory. It's the what? It, where essentially you either create a news or you create in reality the reason to go to war. Oh. So that's a lot of the conspiracy theorists like okay. Bush and Obama and all them war hungry. So they'll do whatever they need to do to justify going to war. Yeah. Gotcha. That, 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 that's at the crux okay. of one of, of their theory. that. Yes, the planes went in. It was all orchestrated by Bush. And then the planes don't have enough fuel to bring down the towers and melt and all this. You know, yeah, what was it? Was yeah, there's people saying, like, oh, here's the picture of like, I they're like, where where is the plane remnants after it crashed? Like, I gosh, I don't know. That was, yeah, I don't remember what the video was. I was just getting so angry watching it, but they're like, yeah, and also like it. Like the beams were melted or whatever, and nothing on that plane or the fuel should have melted the beams or something like that. I'm just like, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I, so, ugh, yeah. I hate that, stuff like that. So there's those big conspiracy theories. There's all sorts of, there's always going to be conspiracy theories about everything. There's still conspiracy oh, yeah. theorists about JFK. Okay. Oh, and, right. And how he was killed. So. There's conspiracy theories about that. Conspiracy theories about 9-11. There's going to be continued conspiracy theories for Ever essentially, there's conspiracy theories about the COVID vaccine. I was now. just about to say so that I was like, dude, that it's just going to continue on and on and on. It drives me nuts. But I yeah. kind of wish that Josh was here because I know he believes in some conspiracy theories. <laughs> so I wanted to ask him point blank. <sighs> Tried getting Josh, but that failed. Yeah, that's what happens sometimes when you do. But I, I, I honestly wonder if he's on the conspiracy bandwagon or not, or what. If I he, feel like he, he if he's on the reality bandwagon. I feel like he's not on this one. Okay. I I would hope so. You never know with Josh sometimes. That's why I have isn't, to ask. So isn't he on 
the whole bandwagon with the whole moon landing thing, I thought. Oh, please tell me he's not on that one. I thought he was. I I was almost convinced at one point. Screw the unity thing. Let's get rid of the conspiracy theorists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do believe the lizard people won, though. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, so with it being... With it being what? With it being 9-11, um, I don't know if you've heard all of these things before. So prepare for Aaron's heartstrings to be tugged oh, a little. No. The cockpit's not answering. Somebody's stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. I, I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. They think they're getting hijacked. That's one of the first indications. That happened at 8 a.m. Central. Or like 8.15 Central. Or not Central. I'm sorry. Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Yeah. So that would have been 7 here. Yeah. That was like one of the first indications that something's going wrong. And that's... So wait, they gassed the plane. Uh, Someone got maced. In the plane. Yeah. And And someone was stabbed in the plane. (sighs) That was one of the first indications that something went was going wrong. Yeah, something's not right right now. Yeah. Um, th- and that was one of the first indications that there probably was going to be something. This was the second indication, and this one was an inadvertent one. Um, this is one of the terrorists on the plane. They were trying to send a message to the people, you know, over the intercom to the people on the plane. Oh. But instead, they called flight control. American 11 trying to call. Somebody. We have some claims. Just stay quiet and you'll we'll be okay. We're turning to the airport. And uh, who's trying to call me here? American 11, are you trying to call? Nobody moves. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any move, you'll yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. So that was a little bit before 8.30 Eastern time. That was from uh, Flight 11. Uh, You move into about 9 a.m. then, and that's when the next kind of like big audio segment that they have from uh, the various things. So just so you remember, both Flights 175 and 11 came out of Boston. Boston. Yep, so they came out of Boston, and um, I can't remember if both of them were flying... uh, Flying out west to California, I know Flight ninety three was, but they, I don't, I don't think they're supposed to be going to New York. Now the next one, like I said, it's about a little after nine a.m. Eastern time is when this next one happens. Hey, can you look out your window right now? Yeah. Can you can you see God about four thousand feet, about five east of airport right now? Looks like he's. Yeah, I see him. You see God? Look, is he descending for the building also? He's descending really quick too. Yeah. Well, that's five hundred feet now. He just dropped eight hundred feet in like a, like one one sweep. That's, that's another situation. Who, what kind of airplane is that? Can you guys tell? I don't know. I'll read it out in a minute. Another one just hit the building. Wow. Wow. Another one just hit Another one just hit the worst side. The whole building just uh, came apart. Holy smokes. So that that was that you're was listening. A second hit. That was a second hit. That you're you're hearing as the guys describing right there like. The plane just, the yeah, World Trade Center just second. got hit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, but, I mean, can you imagine, 
I, I couldn't even imagine this because I, I don't know what my reaction would be if I see a plane all of a sudden hit these crazy tall towers. I'd be like, uh, what did I just see? So that's why right, I, so I, I, I think his response was like, wow. Like it wasn't it, so much of like a disingenuous. It was more along the lines no, of what it, am I seeing? <laughs> it almost doesn't. It's, <laughs> I mean, at that point, you kind of hope you're in a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So the next uh, segment is from 930 Eastern Time. That's American 1060. Yeah, that's kind of self-explanatory. Um, what they say is that that's the audio as the plane is being overtaken by the terrorists. That's That's what you're hearing from the cockpit there. As the so that's as supposed a, to be a pilot? That no, that's like oh, or that's the, a passenger. That's the terrorist attacking and taking over the pilots. Is what you just heard there? So that like that so that screaming would have been the pilot you, would have been screaming. Well, it was probably the combination of the pilot and whatever they were yelling. Yeah, you know, to uh, take control of said uh. plane. Yeah, I know. You know, those are some of the, you know, I, I I don't know if I'd say the craziest calls, but, no. you know, just some of the calls that they have there. Um, because the other ones, um, I, the other ones are a lot more. Passenger Lauren Grant Colas phoned her husband Jack at 9.39 a.m., about 11 minutes after the hijacking began leaving this message on their home answering machine. Hi, are you there? Jack, pick up, sweetie. Okay, well, I just wanted to tell you I love you. We're having a little problem on the plane. Um, I'm totally fine. Um, I just love you more than anything. Just know that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm... You know, I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm okay for now. Um, just a little problem, so I'll, uh, I, I just love you. Please tell my family I love them, too. Bye, honey. Passenger Linda Grundland phoned her sister Elsa at 9.46 a.m., about 18 minutes into the hijacking, leaving this message on her home answering machine. Elsa, it's Lynn. Um, I only have a minute. I'm on United 93 and it's been hijacked uh, by terrorists who say they have a bomb. Apparently they uh, have flown a couple of planes into the World Trade Center already and it looks like they're gonna take this one down as well. Mostly I just wanted to say I love you. <laughs> and I'm gonna miss you, <laughs> and and please keep my love to my dad. And I'll see how to love you. And I just wanted to tell you that I don't know if I'm gonna be able to tell you that again or not. Um, and all my stuff is in the safe. The uh, the safe is in my closet in my bedroom. Accommodation is you push T for clear and then 0913 and then uh, and then it should and maybe pound and then it should unlock. 
I love you and I hope I can talk to you soon. Bye. Flight attendant Cece Lyles phoned her husband Lorne at 9.47 a.m., about 19 minutes into the hijacking, leaving this message on their answering machine. Hi, baby. I'm, baby, you have to listen to me carefully. I'm on a plane that's been hijacked. I'm on the plane. I'm calling from the plane. I want to tell you I love you. Please tell my children that I love them very much. And I'm so sorry, babe. Um, I don't know what to say. There's three guys they've hijacked the plane. I'm trying to be calm. We're turned around, and I've heard that there's planes that have been flown into the World Trade Center. I hope to be able to see your face again, baby. I love you. Bye. Those are calls just left on. Voicemail. People's voicemail. They weren't able to say goodbye in person to the who they want to say goodbye to. Uh, I like how like they're so calm (laughs) at the start of it. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. (sighs) If anything, you take out of today. Remember that at one point we were united. Even in the midst of all this crazy, vaxxed, unvaxxed, uh, masked, not masked, who you voted for, your political leanings, what that you advocate for in that. There is the possibility still being united as Americans. There's still the ability to be together as a country. To disagree on what we might like, you know, whatever. But to still be saying, I still have my neighbor's back if something goes wrong. We need to relearn that as Americans. We need to relearn that as whatever part of the country you're from. Midwesterners, New Yorkers, Southerners, Californians. Michiganders, Michiganders, whatever it is. And hopefully it doesn't take another 9-11 for us to learn that. Because if we only learn after 9-11 style attacks, what it means to be an American, what it means to be a human being, then we have a lot more to learn. And we have lost oh so much already. So, it's 20 years since 9-11. Maybe let's take this as an opportunity to learn and come together and rally around one another, regardless of our political beliefs and differences, and treat everyone else as who they are, a human being with value, a neighbor, an important person. We're going to have our disagreements that is a guarantee, 100% guarantee. But we can make sure that we bring value to them no matter how much we disagree with them. 
Have a good week, everyone. We'll catch you next week.